Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. You already know the fun of King's Island. Blue ice cream for lunch, catching your breath between screams on the beast. But this summer at King's Island, this is 50. Don't miss their 50th anniversary celebration all summer long with new shows, new food, and new fun. It's King's Island's biggest summer yet. And now through August 14th, King's Island is turning up the excitement with a daily 50 years of fun street party. It features dancers, music, and more commemorating the last 50 years. Make plans today at visitkingsisland.com. Welcome to the Cinema Gold Podcast with your host, Larry Lease. Come join us as Cinema Gold dives into the latest Hollywood films and news. Welcome to the Cinema Gold Show. I'm your host, Larry Lease. Today we're diving into the latest TV news and giving our review. The very first episode of Star Wars The Bad Batch. First, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Pondex, for sponsoring this ad, or this episode. Pondex is a unique tool for podcasters looking to have more meaningful conversations or to strengthen their podcast. You simply shuffle up, ask a question, and let the content roll. Get yours today at pondex.com and use code CINEMAGOLD for 10% off your order. Now let's get into this. Bad Batch Episode 1. During the opening scene of the Bad Batch, the new animated series set during the rise of the Empire, the Clone Wars logo burns away. At once, blatant marketing and a promise of something new, the logo neatly explains what the Bad Batch is. As Jennifer Corbett, producer and writer of the show, and Brad Rue said during a press junket ahead of the May 4th premiere, this show is a spiritual successor and direct sequel to the Clone Wars. The beginning of the new show draws from the epic scale of the Clone Wars series finale and the Star Wars prequel trilogy, which it parallels. While the action and heart are all there on paper, stock characters and a too straightforward plot drags down the 70-minute premiere. Five characters of the Bad Patch, led by elite clone hunter, never quite fit in. Like many other aspects of technology in Star Wars, Cloning isn't an exact science. And Clone Force 99 are deviant or defective, depending on who's talking. But they're very good at their jobs of fighting on behalf of the Republic. But when the Republic transitions to the Empire, they're immediately asked to start doing messier jobs, such as hunting down human rebels, whereas they usually fight droids. As you'd expect, the clones swap sides and of course end up having to fight their way out of their home base. A young girl clone named Omega helps them out and the stage is set for the rest of the season, which will have at least 14 episodes. Star Wars guru Dave Filoni is joined by Star Wars Resistance writer Jennifer Corbett on the creative side. Her pedigree in delivering stories for the sequel era animated show and her experience in the US Navy make her an ideal guide for this war story. 
as military science fiction, the Bad Batch is serviceable with the creative action and silly one-liners typical of the Clone Wars. The franchise's approach to animation is always improving, which in this first long episode manifests mostly in impressive snow and a fun depth of field effect. The sharp corners of armor contrast nicely against soft blurred lights in the out-of-focus backgrounds. As far as plot goes, it's pretty simple, leaving me to want to dig into some of the more weighty sections, but not sure where they're actually statements. The Bad Batch sees the other clones turn on the Jedi during Order 66, but for the same reason, their defects make them stronger. The inhibitor chips that should brainwash them according to the Emperor's wishes don't work. They choose to let the Jedi in their vicinity live. Future Grand Moff Tarkin sees a rebellious as a good chance to prove the clone army is no longer effective. After all, conscripts would apparently be cheaper, but after the batch uncovered Tarkin's true color, they defect for good. It's cool to see this transition happening. What do clones become after the war? It's a question hardcore Star Wars fans might leap to answer. But we haven't seen it so directly on screen before. It'll be nice if the Bad Batch addresses some of the practical questions around that. The strongest character beats involve the characters learning to trust each other in new ways. Team leader Hunter's superpowers are enhanced senses, although that isn't really on display much. He begins to distrust Team Sniper Crosshair when he becomes over-eager to follow their grim mission by the book. Their arguments were most compelling before the inhibitor chip was introduced. While I know it fits with lore, it defangs the story a little to have the main antagonist's motivation be he was brainwashed and I was a little unsure of how much the show was willing to either pin blame on him or absolve him of it. Either way, we haven't seen the last of Crosshair. As far as connecting the other Star Wars characters, we do have answers for the Bad Batch. Instantly announces that this will be a cameo-heavy episode. And that's okay. Now that they're not going, now that they're not being as coy about it as Rebels was, it's a lot of fun to see Saw Gerrera and a young Jarrus. When the Bad Batch was introduced in the Clone Wars, I found them boring. Their action figure ready powers not any more compelling than the clones and the Jedi were already. They still seemed a strange choice for headliners when characters like Ahsoka are operating at the same time. More so than the clones wars, the Bad Batch feels like a deep cut completionist tale that may struggle to hold fans. While comparisons between the Batch and Omega's relationships with the Mandalorian and Grogu are inevitable, this is no the Mandalorian in terms of either content or accessibility. And now on to our second topic, looking back at The Mummy Returns and its legacy. Can you believe it? It's been 20 years since The Mummy Returns released in theaters. This blockbuster film arrived with plenty of fanfare on May 4th, 2001, as a sequel to the 1999 surprising, terrific The Mummy, and promised more high-spirited adventure with Rick O'Connell, Evie, and her kid Alex. But the film only went downhill from there. It was produced on a $98 million budget and only saw returns of 70.1 million on its opening weekend, the second highest growing weekend of all time, behind The Lost World Jurassic Park 
That's how enthusiastic the audiences were. And it went on to gross $435 million globally. Despite tepid reviews and lukewarm reactions from moviegoers, indeed seven long years have passed before Universal returned to the franchise with 2008's lackluster The Mummy, Tomb of the Dragon Empire, which also grossed $400 million globally, but failed to gain much enthusiasm and led to the Tom Cruise reboot flop, The Mummy, in 2017. So while it was technically victorious, it stopped a profitable franchise dead in its tracks. I personally blame the rehashed story, the campy go-for-broke style, the really bad special effects, and the goofy family dynamic. Yet, despite its flaws, The Mummy Returns still managed to hit one significant, radical milestone. It catapulted Dwayne The Rock Johnson to Hollywood success. Your view on that particular milestone may vary, of course, but you can't deny The Rock as a pop culture icon. Sure, he was a huge star during his professional wrestling days, where a single eyebrow lift would send a legion of diehard fans into wild fits of insanity. Still, his leap onto the big screen somehow made his larger-than-life persona even larger. And it all started with a rather simple cameo at the beginning of The Mummy Returns. In case you might have forgotten, Johnson appears in the film as the Scorpion King, a quasi-bad guy who, after failing to conquer the world with his grand army, waits for the survivors of his force to die in the desert before trading his soul for an even grander army consisting of the god Anubis's jackal-like warriors. Naturally, once old Scorpio has conquered the planet, or maybe just an obscure town in the desert, Anubis takes his soul to the underworld, where he spends the rest of eternity wishing he hadn't made such a deal. The Rock only had a handful of lines in these early scenes, in another language no less but makes the most of his limited appearance and manages to show off a natural screen presence, even if it's diminished by his poorly rendered CGI counterpart, which you can see right there. In any case, Johnson managed to turn that cameo into a $5.5 million payday. The biggest for a first-time actor, when he agreed to star in the spinoff, The Scorpion King, Released a year later to a decent box off haul and has since starred in films such as The Rundown, Pain and Gain, Mona, Jumanji, Fast and Furious, and upcoming Jungle Cruise, Black Adam, Red Notice, and a third Jumanji film. So on the anniversary of one of the most disappointing sequels in the last 20 years, keep in mind that without the money returns, it's likely we wouldn't have seen The Rocks in Hollywood and I think all it took was Brendan Fraser outrunning the sun Rachel Weisz experience reincarnation and resurrection that stupid blimp flown by a pilot who doesn't get shot in the ass the greatest pygmy attack ever filmed and one of the poorest examples of early 2000s CGI to make it happen The Mummy Returns we thank you and now on to our third topic third and final topic and that is the news that Paul Geofoil is returning as Jim Brass on the upcoming 
CSI Vegas. The upcoming CSI sequel show, CSI Vegas, is getting more of the old gang back together. Deadline recently revealed that original CSI cast member Paul Guilfoyle will be reprising the role of Detective Jim Brass for the new CBS series and is set to appear in two episodes. Additionally, Jamie McShane will be joining the series in a recurring capacity. Guilfoyle's confirmed return comes on the heels of the exciting news that a new spin-off series is officially happening, but not a limited series as has been originally rumored. It will serve as a sequel to the flagship CSI show, helmed by none other than William Peterson and Georgia Fox, who played fan favorites Gil Grissom and Sarah Siddle. In addition to Peterson, Fox and Guilfoyle, Wallace Langham also reprises his role of David Hodges from the original show. McShane will play new character Anson Wicks, a civil attorney and something of a scrapper who has his own practice after years of hard work. The remaining ensemble for CSI Vegas will be filled out by previously announced cast members Paula Newsom, Matt Loria, Mel Rodriguez, Mandy Dillon. CSI Vegas will open a new chapter in Las Vegas, the city that started the CSI franchise. Facing an existential threat that could bring down the crime lab, a new team of investigators must welcome back old friends and deploy new techniques to preserve and serve justice in Sin City. There's no confirmation of a premiere date, but keep checking back with Cinema Gold for more news as we have it. And that's our all we have for today's episode. Thank you for watching. Let us know your thoughts by sending us a tweet at Cinema Gold Show. And be sure to like and subscribe to this channel. Hit the like button for this video. Leave us a comment in the comment section below. And we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for watching Cinema Gold Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Cinema Gold 2. Become a patron on our Patreon at patreon.com slash cinema gold. Send us a voice message and be featured on an upcoming episode through anchor.fm slash cinema gold. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.